0: You know, one of the hardest things I ever had to do as an Army officer in Special Forces happened right toward the end of my career. We had put in place this program, you've heard me talk about it before, called Village Stability Operations. My book, Game Changers, Going Local to Defeat Violent Extremists, is about this program. And basically, it was like a combination of Magnificent Seven meets Lawrence of Arabia where our Green Beret teams and other teams, special ops teams, would move into these trust-depleted villages. They would establish relationships with the locals who live there, and then they would help these locals stand up on their own to push the Taliban out of the villages. And while doing that, they would rebuild local resiliency that had been lost. So whether it was the ability to resolve their own disputes, whether it was uh, food security by, by getting back to growing their own food again, Um, forestry, stewardship, a lot of these things had been lost in 40 years of combat. A lot of the oral history, a lot of the informal civil society had just been decimated. So it was more than just teaching villagers how to fight. And that's the truth. It was really about rebuilding the capacity of informal civil society so that they could stand on their own. And this, we knew this was going to be a long, long process, right? talking to Green Berets from who had done this in uh, Vietnam, talking to other advisors who had done this in other places around the world, looking at T.E. Lawrence and his lessons. I mean, this is a long process. When I say long, I'm talking decades. And we advised senior leaders about this and everyone seemed to agree on it. But for a range of reasons, in uh, starting around, you know, we started this program in 2009, 2010, We were meeting tremendous success. We had gone from six villages to 113. We were pushing the Taliban out of some very contentious areas and we really had momentum on our side. And then we decided to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. Did I say that right, Wes? I think I did, right? What I'm trying to say is we flipped the tables on ourselves. We literally created what my dad calls a self-inflicted ass whooping, right? We we decided to pull out of the villages and let the Afghans handle it themselves. And let me tell you, this was not a popular decision, mainly because we had made promises to these locals that if they stood up against the Taliban, we would stay with them until they were ready to stand on their own. And most of these villages were not. And most of them knew that this was going to involve severe retribution. But the decision was made at the highest level. At the presidential administration level, it came as policy, then strategy, get out of these villages. The the Afghan president, Karzai, who frankly was conducting nefarious activities of his own, called for us to be out of the villages. And so we had to tell these locals that we had to pull back. And let me tell you, that was one of the hardest things that I ever had to do, looking at at elders who I'd made promises to and saying, we're going to have to leave. And we anguished about this. We asked ourselves, because we're in the trenches with these folks. We we are the ones living in these villages, and we've made promises to them, and now they're going to be slaughtered. How can we do this? And the way we decided to go about it was the only thing we could really do, and it was really to take a line from Stuart Diamond's book, Getting More, which is, people don't expect you to like be sweet to them or tell them what they want to hear. They do expect you to be straight with them. And that's what we decided to do, to just level and be as straight with these folks as we could. And we also, so we told them that we were going to have to pull out. And, and But what we also decided to do was to frame this discussion as best we could. And, and one of the things that I would personally say to elders who I'd had these conversations with was, look, yes, we are being pulled out of these villages. And there's nothing we can do about this. But here's the thing. For centuries, your tribes, your clans, your qualms have controlled your own communities. You have stood up on your own against the government and any outsiders on your own. You've managed to do that. You've had that autonomy for centuries. And we both know that that's what you want. So how do we best make use of the time we have to get you as close to that as we can? That's the and you know what? Every single time that I would have that conversation with an elder, they would nod and they would say, You're right, let's do this. Let's go. And it wasn't a perfect solution. It was ugly. It was frankly disgusting in many ways. And then the way that we went on to do this in other places, other countries, right? That's a whole different conversation. But I use this story to share with you that I get the fact that as a leader, As a rooftop leader, there's going to be times when you have to do things that are not pleasant. You're going to have to do things with your kids involving curfews and discipline, with your coworkers that involve you to stand up for things, with your associates and your employees, where you have to hold the line on standards, or with your boss, where you have to push back on behalf of your people, or what you know to be right. And again, people don't want you to be sweet to them, but they do expect you to be straight with them. And just leveling with them and sharing what's really going on is one of the hardest things we can do as leaders. But as rooftop leaders, we have to do it, especially in this trust-depleted age where everyone is just placating everyone else and just playing it down the middle and just yipping and casually chatting and not saying what's really going on. Now, we don't want to do it in a way that's hurtful necessarily. We, that's not good, right? Just saying things that cut, that's not going to be helpful because humans are meaning seeking emotional creatures but there are ways to say things if we're deliberate about it if we're thoughtful about it and here's what i always tell leaders is think about the goals that are at play here think about the goals that they have think about the goals that you have and you can even begin the conversation with something like that begin the conversation with saying something positive it's like look i just want to say first of all like what you've done with this project is amazing right you've gone above and beyond that i'm super proud of the work you've done there is let's review the goals for a second though. Here's what the goals are, right? Do I have this right? These are your goals and then here's my goals. Is it okay if I share a few things with you that I think we're, we're missing the mark here that we might bring it back? You see, like there's ways to do this, to be straight with people and make it super powerful. So this lesson from combat that I learned the hard way is that be straight with people, but be straight with them in the context of the goals that they have and the goals that you have. And even in hard times, people will still follow you to the rooftop. Thanks for what you do, and I'll see you on the rooftop.